Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. After more than 30 years of service as one of Navy's top aviators, Pete Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. When he finds himself training a detachment of Top Gun graduates for specialist mission, the likes of which no living pilot has ever seen, Maverick encounters Lieutenant Bradley Bradshaw, call sign Rooster, the son of Maverick's late friend, as we know, Goose. Facing an uncertain future and confronting the ghosts of his past, Maverick is drawn into a confrontation with his own deepest fears in a mission that demands the ultimate sacrifice from those who are willing to fly it. You see, Maverick has become this amazing pilot, yet he hasn't graduated up the ranks because he has a bit of a rebel nature. And he's asked to come in and be an instructor for all these other students. In the opening scene, you you see him unveil the 1989 Ninja 900, much like the one that I have on stage today. And you see him racing down the highway next to the planes taking off. And you can tell there's a bigger calling on his life. But this is like a mission that he's never experienced before. You see, because we're going to find out it's one mission that he is hoping to fly, but instead they want him to teach. Lieutenant says the inevitable is happening, that he's being replaced. But he says, not today, not today. Come on, man. You don't mind a little bit of exhaust. Let's give it up for James and College Street, rest of College Street worship. Good job, man. Wow. I so wanted to do that for so long. It's not the Harley, but it'll do for now, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord, thank you that we get to be here, that we get to do this, that you are a creative God and we were made in your image and church isn't boring. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these men that you have chosen, appointed and anointed to be here this morning. And thank you for your word that will set us up and set us free today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have some fun this morning. Welcome. Uh, you know, we thought, I thought last night, late last night, it's not fair that some of the men that come to the 7 a.m. service miss out on all these movies and all these clips. And I thought, well, there's always a way. His name is Jesus. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, Summer at the Theater. If you're just joining us for the first time, um, we get a little bit creative. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit passionate about movies. I don't know how many movie buffs in the house. How many like to just escape every now and then or get inspired by a movie? That's the beautiful thing about movies because uh, the stories that they tell and the stories that we can tell through them. You see, because they reveal deeper truths about the human heart. Do they not? Yeah. And for, for the next two weeks, we've got two more weeks left of of going into some of these Hollywood hits and exploring some of the deeper spiritual truths that we can find in each film. And today we are watching one of my all-time favorite movies, Top Gun Maverick. Come on, who saw it in theaters? 
Hey, that's right. <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, percentage of men. About 90% of the men in the house have seen this movie in theaters. How many of you have seen the first Top Gun movie, 1986? Yeah, come on. Not to date myself, but I would have only been four years old when that movie came out. I remember watching it as a teenager thinking it just got released from theater, but no. 1986 was the, the first one, and this is a sequel uh, to the first one. Now, the movie is about an elite team of Navy fighter pilots and an air combat school, as we know, called Top Gun. Now, the movies are fictional, but they are based on real-life events. The Top Gun Training Center is an actual thing. It's the best of the best that come together uh, to compete. And a fun fact that I found out, the first Top Gun award that was released in 70... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. 72 or 79... But the first one released was actually given, the award went to, check this out, gentlemen, Canadians. Canadians won the first Top Gun Award. Yeah. Royal Canadian Air Force, they competed and they won. So we got that. Nobody can take that from us. So too bad that you don't hear that on uh, in Hollywood too much because, you know, try to push the Americans. But we love you guys too. You're watching online, joining us, but we won the first one. So anyway, um, yeah, so... It went to this uh, French squadron, the 425 All-Weather Fighter Squadron, and the recipients were a uh, Captain Lowell Butters and Captain Douglas uh, Danko. So if you want to look that up, I want to give those guys some credit because it takes a lot to get to that place, that level of excellence, and then to compete amongst the best of the best. Um, but yeah, in the movie, after more than 30 years of service as one of Navy's top aviators, Pete... Maverick Mitchell is where he belongs. He's pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot. He's dodging uh, advancement in rank that would uh, actually have grounded him. And he trains at a he trains a detachment of graduates for a special assignment. See, Maverick must confront some of the ghosts of his past and the disappointments and the deepest fears in his life in a mission that demands ultimate sacrifice from those who choose to fly it, right? In the trailer we just watched, you heard from Admiral Kane. He's in the, in the first movie too. And he says, he says to Maverick, he says, despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. You should be at least a two-star admiral right now, but here you are. Why is that? Then Maverick says, Tom Cruise says this. He says, well, it's just one of life's mysteries, isn't it? You know, he also says to him, your kind is headed for extinction. And have you ever felt that maybe your time has passed, maybe you missed that op uh, window of opportunity, and then maybe, maybe in the midst of that, you're in a battle, not just a battle with others, but a battle within, a battle within yourself. Either way, this movie is full of opportunities for us to reflect on the meaning of life and what it is we are truly fighting for, and who it is that we are fighting with, man. Come on. Movie's about objectives. It's about relationships. It's about authority. It's about who to listen to when you are faced with the battles and faced with your true enemy, not just the, the enemy within. It's a story about pride. It's a story about ego. It's learning to let go and let God. And it's also a story of sacrifice and forgiveness, it's a story in need of a savior, which we all can relate to. So my title for today's presentation is this, 
Where is your Yeah. So the notes I printed, all oh, the notes are all gone that I printed out. There's also notes available online, so you can join in, follow along. I encourage you to do so and put it to practice. Put it to practice. It's one thing to just listen to me preach today, but we're not here for that. We're here to, to grow, to take it with us and be challenged today. So a famous line used um, by Tom Cruise in the movie is this, and it's my first point. It's not the plane, it's the pilot. It's not the plane, it's the pilot. You see, Rooster, once again, has to get Maverick out of his head. He's got to get him into this F-14. And uh, Maverick knows that they are technically outgunned by the enemy jets. Logistically, um, the duel should be finished. However, Rooster reminds Maverick that the, that the pilot makes all the difference. Even if you're an inferior, in an inferior machine, inferior situation, like you don't feel like you have enough or you don't have enough supplies, but little is much when God is in it. And if he is for us, then who could be against us? There's another thing that Maverick says uh, to multiple people throughout the Top Gun movie. And after he hears those words again, Maverick snaps out of his stupor and delivers one heck of an action-packed counterattack. Paul reminds us in Romans 8.37, no, despite all things overwhelming, victory is ours through who? Christ. Christ who loves us. In Luke uh, chapter 8, which is where we're going to be going today, the disciples find themselves in a boat in the middle of a storm. And Jesus is also in the boat, sleeping through the storm. And then we're going to hear a little bit more on that. And I think, I think, yeah, we're going to just start reading that, but I'm going to give you a little context. This got my notes here too. I think the ones you have there are different than the ones I have on here. So I'm going to give you a snapshot before we go any further. There we go. So here's a snapshot of Luke. Another verse I wanted to share with you is 2 Corinthians 5:17. Therefore, if anyone say anyone, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? The old is gone, the new is where? Somebody say here. Here, right here, right now. This is a snapshot of, of the book of Luke. It's one of the earliest accounts of Jesus' life, and it's actually part one of two, cool, eh? Of the volume work included, in, including the book of Acts. The beginning lines of each, each chapter, both of Luke and Acts, indicate that they came from the same author who is Luke. Now, Luke was a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul, and we know that Luke was a doctor. Luke tells us why and how he wrote this book. There are many accounts of Jesus' life, and he wanted to go back to the eyewitness accounts of, of the early disciples so that he could produce an orderly account of the things that happened and were fulfilled. The word fulfilled shows us why. Okay? For Luke, the story of Jesus isn't just uh, ancient history. He shows us the fulfillment of this long covenant story of God with both God, Israel, and the world, which is us. Chapters 1 and 2 is the introduction and, and, and the story of John the Baptist, the story of Jesus and how he came into this world. Chapters 3 and 9 presents a, a, a portrait of Jesus and his mission. His mission in his home region of Galilee and we, too, have a mission in our home, in this region, in the valley. And this, vi and this vision and this mission goes all around the world. 
Jesus' kingdom brought restoration. It, it, it brought a uh, reversal of people's whole life circumstances. He expands the, the circle of people who get to be invited into the healing power of God and get to be invited into the family of God in his kingdom. He forms these people into a new Israel and he points 12 disciples, 12 disciples as leaders corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then Jesus teaches an upside down kingdom and Luke calls it this in a sermon that he gives in the plain. He says that, this is in your notes, God's love for the outsider and the poor means that his kingdom brings a generosity by serving the poor, right? We do this as his people by practicing a radical generosity of serving the poor. People who are going to be, he says, this is going to be about people who are going to be led by serving and live by peacemaking and forgiveness. It also be in your notes. People who deeply reject religious hypocrisy. Well, as you can guess, the general controversy and resistance from Israel's religious leaders happened. And this was a threat to their uh, religious traditions and social stability. Jesus said that he's the Messiah and he will establish his reign by dying for our sins. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, the first verse that Pastor Moore shared, uh, verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar, but puts it under a, or puts it under a bed. Instead, someone say instead. Instead, they put it on a stand, right? Why do they put it on a stand? So that those who come in can see the light. Verse 17, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Someone say nothing. Oh, Lord, here we go. Yes. Yes, sir. You can turn up the house lights. You have not because you ask not. Let there be light. <laughs> Don't hide it. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, let's talk about what's placed versus what's hidden. Okay. What's placed versus what's hidden. In the movie, Goose's son, Rooster, has to learn to place his trust in his captain who happens to be Maverick. Maverick is the same one who his father was with when he passed away. And to be honest, in that first movie, there was pride and ego were part of the issue in the passing away of Goose. And so uh, he tries to hide, uh, Maverick tries to hide the hurt, and, and Rooster tries to hide the hurt and the anger. And he has to come towards um, he has to come towards Maverick because of, the, because of the death of his father in the first movie, but he has to work, learn to work with him. He's got to learn to let go and let God. And not only does it take trust, but it takes forgiveness. And in all of this, none of this can happen without faith. Without faith. So where do you place your belief? And, and how do you show your faith? There are those that are, are, are proud to post even flags, right? They'll post, they'll post and wave a flag that represents their belief system. Yet there are those at times who are afraid to even wave the flag of Jesus. And our lives, our, our lives should represent the things that Jesus represented and that Paul wrote about. They should represent God's love. 
They should represent radical generosity. They should represent serving others. They should represent peace, forgiveness, and the rejection of religious hypocrisy. You see, fear causes us uh, not just to hide our faith, but it also causes us to hide our faults, right? It causes us to do things in secret that go against God's word and against God's plans for our lives. It causes us to live in condemnation instead of conviction, which is the light in the light of conviction. And James 5.16 says that confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. There's always a process to the promise. Confess your sins to each other. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I would not be here today if it weren't for the mighty men in my life, the authority figures in my life, the righteous men in my life, those that stood by me, those that pray with me, and not just the good times, but also in the bad times. I've had to learn to never to complain down, but always to complain up, right? And we know that our, our purpose as believers, as followers of Christ, is to be both salt and light. Salt and light. In Matthew 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the, if you, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot in the winter season. <laughs> I added that, sorry, I added that. Matthew five sixteen, Jesus tells us in the same way, let your light shine before others, all men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's like a false humility out there that uh, religion puts on people that, oh, you don't know, all in secret, just, oh, don't, just don't, don't, don't in secret, don't. You know, if I did everything in secret, my boys wouldn't be here today. They need to see that their father loves the Lord, that he gives generosity, that he gives generously, that he serves others. Like, you know, more things are caught than taught. We need to lead by example. In verse uh, 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 21 of Luke 8 that we just read, he replied, "My my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Where are you, Lewis? We didn't even plan this, did we? I didn't plan this with Pastor Morris. I didn't plan this with Lewis. They just, God's confirming the scriptures today. Point two is what's practiced versus what's preached. <laughs> what's practiced versus what's, what's uh, preached. You know, people are more likely to do the things that you do than versus the things that you say. Right? You can, you can catch a good attitude just as easy as you can catch a bad attitude. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, but it's also one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yeah, joy. I'm like, what are you, what are, if I'm going to be contagious, I hope I'm contagious with joy. <laughs> Man, that Pastor Matt guy's got an issue. How does he get up that early in the morning and full of joy? Jesus. No, he's my reason that I get up in the morning. And you guys are part of that reason too. I am, I am fired up. I'm fired up because I got purpose every time that I come. I know I get to bring God's word. I get to bring joy. I get to bring hope. I get to bring revelation through his word today. Not through my words, but through his word. I know it's going to change someone's life if we put it to practice. We know the, the only way that you become a professional at anything is by devoting the time and taking the discipline, right, in your daily practice. I believe it was John Maxwell that said, if you just invested two hours in anything, in anything every day, you'd become a professional at that thing. Two hours of anything. I want to be a professional Jesus follower. (laughs) Come on. 
I want to be at least, I want, man, two hours minimum, not just in his word, but spending time with him and putting it into practice because, I mean, you can read this thing all day long, but the word says if, if you just look at, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and, and forgetting. It, it's like this. He says, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I pity the fool. <laughs> I pity the fool who just listens to God's word and doesn't do what it says. You know, who, who, who loses? Not just us, but all those around us, right? All the Top Gun students are there because, you know, again, they're the best of the best. But there's also something to learn when it comes to seeing results, especially when they're faced with what looks like an impossible task. They are tasked with the objective of destroying an um, unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant. And just to get to it is like next to impossible. And when they ask Maverick to come in and teach the students on how to do it, he thinks they're asking him to fly because his pride's so big, right? And he's like, no, no, we, we don't want you to fly. We want you to teach them, right? And so that's a humbling experience. And then he finds out that in one of the students happens to be a rooster, again, the son of Goose. And so he's got to face that. And then he's got to humble himself and, and realize, hey, I'm here to lift others up. But at the same time, when, when they show him what, what, what they need to do flying through these canyons and, and to hit this bunker and then try to I- escape the, uh, uh, um, uh, the heat-sinking missiles and everything that's set on them, then, then the fighter planes that are there that will attack them, he knows that this is a mission that they're probably not coming back from, right? So it involves sacrifice. It involves laying down their, their life. But the cool thing, uh, Maverick steps up last minute and he leads the way. And so they're tasked with destroying the enemy's plans to cause distraction and division. We are tasked with the same thing. We are tasked to, to come against the enemy. There's only one enemy. We're not at war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, like I read in Ephesians 6, right? But the enemy wants to come in, and he wants to create distraction. That's, that's, that's one, I'm telling you, that we, we miss that one. We miss distraction because he'll be like, hey, look over here. Here's another good thing. But God has not called you to every good thing. Yes, every good thing might come from God, but he's not called you to every good thing. And he'll try to get you to like, especially when you are doing good and you're seeing results, he'll pull you away from your family. He'll pull you away from your church. He'll pull away from your your position to serve in the church. The enemy will find ways to distract you because, hey, I'm not doing a bad thing, but yeah, but that's not what he's maybe called you to do in this season. He'll do anything to break what? The same thing he did between Adam and Eve and, and, and God was covenant. He'll do anything to break covenant because he's a deceiver and he's a liar. That's what he'll do. And so it is our job to keep the main thing the main thing, to rally up the men and realize why is it that we are here in the first place but the mission, the great commission to make disciples. And to understand there will be a time when he will try to distract He will try to divide and he'll try to disencourage you and get you to disengage from your battle. But if we stay close to the Lord and close to his word, we will hear his voice. We will understand where to go and what to do. And we will trust in him with all our heart and not on our own understanding. And in all ways, we will acknowledge him and then he will direct our path. Right? So we are reminded, that again, that our war is not against flesh and blood. I think that, you know, I brought this up so many times. Um, but I think every day you need to be reminded of that. Because in a moment, it just takes a moment of weakness. It takes a moment you, you lean into your feelings more than you lean into your faith. 
No one's exempt from that. But if you don't have the vision, without it, you will perish, Proverbs 29, 18. So it's got to be clear. It's got to be right in front of you. You got to know your target and you got to know your enemy every day. And you got to put on the full armor of God. Those pilots don't just jump into those planes naked. <laughs> Trust me, they couldn't handle the G's that come their way just by taking corners. There's procedures and things that they must do just like there's procedures and things that we must do. So we can go past Ephesians 6. So our war is not against flesh and blood, against principalities. Let's see that next clip. So the Navy has been tasked with destroying an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant, which is located underground in a bunker at the end of a canyon. And before it becomes operational, they need to destroy it. It is defended by a surface-to-air missiles, GPS jammers, and fifth-generation SUF-57 fighters, as well as older F-14 Tomcats. Maverick devises a plan employing two pairs of F-18 Super Hornets armed with laser-guided bombs, but instead of participating in the strike, he is to train an elite group of Top Gun graduates graduates, sorry, assembled by Airboss Vince Admiral Bo, a.k.a. Cyclone. Maverick dogfights his skeptical students and prevails almost all their respect except for Goose's son, which we know as Rooster. Rooster dislikes Maverick, dislikes Hangman's attitude. While Hangman criticizes Rooster's cautious flying, Matt reunites with former girlfriend Penny Benjamin, to whom he reveals that he promised Rooster's dying mother that Rooster would not become a pilot. Rooster, unaware of this promise, is angry and resents Maverick for dropping his Naval Academy application. Military career. And so he blames him for his father's death. And Maverick is reluctant to further interfere with Rooster's career. But the alternative is to send him on an extremely dangerous mission. He tells his doubts to Iceman, who has terminal throat cancer. Iceman advises that it's time to let go. And reassures him that both the Navy and Rooster need Maverick. Iceman dies not long after and Cyclone removes Maverick as instructor following a training incident in which an F-18 is lost. Cyclone relaxes the mission parameters so they're easy to execute, but it makes escape much more difficult. During Cyclone's announcement, Maverick makes an unauthorized flight through the course providing that he believes it can be done. Cyclone reluctantly appoints Maverick as team leader. Maverick will fly with the lead F-18, accompanied by a buddy laser with an F-18 flown by Lieutenant Nashaw Phoenix. But in this scene, Maverick is faced with talking to his old friend, Iceman, where he tells him, you need to let go. You need to let go. He says, Rooster needs you, and so do we. Those are powerful words, aren't they? 
what I am is who I am. You're sending your kids out. Those that you're leading and discipling, they may not come home. There's always a risk. The first step in the what is always the who. First step in the what is always the who. Jesus said those who hear God's word and put it to practice. I believe that we are all hearing God's word today. The honest truth is, not everyone is going to walk away and put it to practice. Fortunately, a lot of people like to practice, but they don't like to practice for long. Or they like to set their own times based on their own comforts. They like to go when it's convenient, but remember, men, our calling is never convenient. We know the practice is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, actually. Well, it's always uncomfortable, but it helps when you start seeing results, doesn't it? How else will they know that we are his disciples but by our love for one another? Love is not a feeling. It's an action. It's a verb. It's the same with applying God's word. It it goes against the comforts and the conformity of this world. But we are reminded in Romans 12, verse 2, not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because then there'll be a test, (laughs) right? Because then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see the practice part? You got to put it into practice. You transform by the renewing of your mind, but you only fully transform until you apply God's word in your life. We know that telling others how to, how to live and not doing it ourselves is religious hypocrisy. The good news is that we are called brothers of Christ. And we are here to practice his word instead of conforming to the patterns of this world. I'm going to pause for a minute. That scene just hit me differently, especially the, when they're fighting and they're, they're in training. And Maverick's trying to, to teach Rooster something. But he can't go to that next level until he lets go and he trusts his teacher. It's a real hard thing to do. Maverick is not perfect and by any means. But if Rooster continues to focus on the things of the past, he'll never move forward in the future. And if Rooster continues to look at the weaknesses of his teacher and his instructor and his master, he will never receive what more Maverick has for Rooster. We will all be faced with the same thing when it comes to discipleship. All of us are called to be discipled and to disciple others. And all of that takes trust and faith and forgiveness and love and commitment, and covenant. It takes humility, does it not? But God honors the humble. Back to uh, Luke chapter 8, whole scenarios going on in the boat. They're being rocked in the storm. Jesus is sleeping through the storm. Come on. They're in the boat. He's sleeping. He sent them out. He's there with them. They're panicking. He's not. They wake him up 
This is what Jesus says. We read in the scripture, where is your faith? In fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. That is the God that we serve, gentlemen. But if we don't know the purpose of something, we'll abuse it. Point three is, where have you positioned your faith? He commands even the wind and the water to obey him. Doesn't that mean, no, sorry, this doesn't mean that there won't be times when we're caught in the storm and think in a moment that there isn't a way out. There's going to be times like that. And that's why it takes faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen. Right? It's the assurance. Assurance. Let's see our final clip. I kind of left you on the last one, a little bit of a cliffhanger. So get this. Maverick and Rooster find each other. Rooster ends up going back, even though he's told not to, he finds Maverick and, well, he also gets shot down by the surface-to-air missiles and they find each other, but they're like, how are we going to escape? Well, there happens to be an enemy's base with the older fighter jets there and they manage to find one and they hijack a fighter jet and then they find themselves, you know, like, they think they've escaped, but then they find themselves again in a dogfight with the enemy. So they got an older plane, right? It doesn't maneuver as good as the newer planes. It doesn't stand a chance against their enemy planes. Technology is not as good. But remember the first point. It's not the plane. It's the pilot. And so these two now are flying together. You've got Rooster and you've got Maverick. And they're up against another enemy. They're out of missiles. They're out of guns. They're out of flares. And so what does Maverick do? He goes up, he goes up, he goes up to try to escape. And he says, this is what's going to happen, Rooster. You're going to eject now. And Rooster goes to eject, but he has a malfunction and he can't eject. He can't eject. This is very similar to the first movie when his dad passed away and Maverick was flying the plane. And so they get higher and higher and higher. The enemy locks in on them and he's about to deploy his missiles. And what happens? Out of nowhere, Hangman shows up. And he says, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your savior speaking. Please fasten your seatbelts and return your tray tables to the locked and upright position. <laughs> and prepare for landing. I think this is so appropriate to our next point. This is your savior speaking. In the least likely place, at the least likely time, God shows up in some of the biggest messes of our life to turn that mess into a message. Only God is good. That is right. I love that. I love that. You know, a little context for those of you guys that see the movie, just to to fill in the gaps. Um, Maverick takes a hit for a rooster. Everyone thinks he's down, he's dead. Um, base tells them everyone else must return to base headquarters. And uh, they want to go back for him. Uh, even Hangman, he's, he's back at the aircraft carrier and they won't let him take off. They won't even send search and rescue. Everybody thinks that Maverick is dead and done, but he's not. Kind of like when Christ went to the cross for you and me, right? 
it was done. They thought it was over. And uh, Rooster ends up going back for him despite the orders. And uh, he's about to get gunned down by this attack helicopter. Maverick's about to get gunned down. And, um, and Rooster comes to the rescue, but his plane gets shot. They find each other each on the ground. They rendezvous. They steal an F-14, an older plane, just to escape. They manage to fight off more superior pain, uh, planes. They think they're out of the woods. You know, it's like, ah, oh, victory. And I, I don't know if you've been there uh, even as a Christian or as a believer or even in life that, you know, you accomplish all these things. God does all these amazing things through you. He does miracle story after miracle story, which was our last series. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a position again where you're like, you're out of ammunition. You're in a dogfight. You got nothing left to give. Fear starts to come over you, but instead of going down, you choose to go up. You climb higher and higher and higher, (laughs) and those that trust in the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. (laughs) Come on. But you do it not because you feel it, but because your faith is up there. And in that moment of desperation, that last moment when it seems like God's not coming through on your time, he comes through. Isn't it true? It's like the last minute. <laughs> and he saves us. It's, 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 a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. So the next time you find yourself flying around or you find yourself in a, in a dogfight out of ammunition, be like Maverick, be like Rooster. Remind yourself that you're not alone, okay? We're in this together and make a point to seek elevation. Man, would you stand to your feet? Our takeaway is go up when you feel like you're going down. <laughs> Go up when you feel like you're going down. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it breathes life into us and it reveals things deep within our heart and our soul. And I just pray for boldness for these men to apply your word today. Thank you for everything that was said in your word that was of you. And if there was anything that was said that's not of you, well, Lord, that can just drop dead. So Lord, we just, we ask now, Holy Spirit, we ask now that you would just continue to do a good work in us that we could put this to practice. We know that there will be a test that you will give us an opportunity to, to put the, into practice what we've read today, whether it's through love, whether it's through forgiveness, whether it's through reconciliation, whether it's through trust and through obedience, and whether it's through covenant and calling. Lord, we lift you up today. We worship you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today or you're listening online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus or, or you've just been flying solo, been going your own way, (laughs) fighting your own battles. And you know, it's time to just realign and make Jesus Lord and savior of your life to make him captain. You're ready to remove that cute bumper sticker that you might've put on your plane that says, Jesus is my co-pilot and replace it with the one that, that is, he is Lord. He is savior. He's my captain. So Paul says in Romans 10 verse nine, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing that God, the father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. We're going to say that prayer together right now. Whether you're saying it for the first time or the hundredth time or a thousandth time, we're going to pray this prayer together. And I and trust me, man, I know whether it's here in this house or someone listening online right now, somebody's life is being radically changed because of the gospel and the good news of Jesus. So can we pray that together right now? Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess. I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've messed up and I've missed the mark and I'm asking for your forgiveness. I believe. I believe that you chose to die for me and I believe that you rose from the grave 
three days later. Would you come into my heart and be Lord over my life? I'm turning from my ways and I'm following you and your ways all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep your eyes closed and heads bowed and just respect the moment that we're in right now. But if you prayed that prayer, whether it be for the first time or coming back <laughs> to Jesus this morning, just, just give me a thumbs up. Hey, pastor, that's me right on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to continue as an act of worship um, to be obedient in our great mission here in the Great Commission, making disciples. Jesus said in Matthew 28 to go into all the world making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey his commands, and surely he is with us always. Baptism in the, in the Greek, just the word means to be fully immersed. It's all in, it's all in. When we go in the water, it, Paul said to the church in, in Romans, he says, when we go in the water, it represent what, represents when Christ went to the grave, because we are crucified with Christ. And we come up out of the water represents when Christ was risen from the grave, that we are risen with Christ. And it is a calling and a command that Jesus gives us. It's not a suggestion. It's not like, hey, well, do it when you feel convenient. Yeah, do it when you feel like it's, it, it, it's the right moment. Now is your moment. In Acts 22, it says this, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord. So if, if that's you, you haven't been baptized or maybe you were baptized into religion. I know I've met some people that were baptized into membership. They, did, they weren't baptized into a relationship with Jesus. They did it out of fear. They didn't understand what they were doing. And I'm not going to stand in the way of that either, just so you know. So if that's you and you'd like to be baptized as we worship and sing, just come forward. If you got questions, come forward. You need prayer, come forward. But let's worship God and let's, let's end this men's service with a bang. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.